Held up nicely. He's standing forth. Taking it on. Walker! Long range now for Staniforth to take. She'll be looking to lift this over the two-player wall. And Birmingham City have taken the lead. A lovely free kick found the head of the Birmingham City captain. Jordan finds Arthur. Arthur goes for a shot from distance. Oh, and it has to just be tipped over. Back to Staniforth, who strikes it with her left boot. And that's goal number two. It's a lovely finish into the top corner. Guided in by Lucy Whip. Just gently lofted out of the reach of the keeper. Might be another chance for another goal. Cracking save by Hampton. Welcome back once again to the Great 68 podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football show about all things Birmingham City. I'm Craig Hadley and I'm joined this week by Chris. Chris, how have you been this week? Apart from what we're going to be talking about. How have you yeah, been in general? Yeah, been better, been better, Craig. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd agree with that. Uh, let's go. Let's get into it then. Uh, we, we begin this week's show by looking back at the one-nil defeat to Bristol City from this past Sunday. Early on in this game, the Blues looked to be causing problems airily, whipping in crosses that Sophie Bagley couldn't cl- collect cleanly. A returning Charlie Wellings had Bristol's only shot on target in the first half. It was a sort of a tamed effort, saved low by Hannah Hampton. Brianna Vasali was denied by Bagley down to her right early on, with Rachel Williams also firing over the edge, uh, over the bar rather, from the edge of the area. Uh, that brought half time, so it was nil nil after the first half. And I spoke to you briefly at the half time, Chris. It, it was a game where not much had really happened, but we we hadn't really done enough to at that point to uh, be worth a goal or two. Yeah, I think. You know, at half, really, you're thinking at half-time, my thinking was there's no way we're losing this game, which which obviously was t- typical Chris Pure, knowing absolutely nothing about football. But, um, you know, I g- genuinely didn't see how we were losing the game. Um, you know, we we were doing OK in the build-up. Um, it, was, it was just the final third. Um, Ball's not quite falling to the right people at the right time. Um, Rachel shot, as you mentioned. Um, probably the only the only clear cut opportunity I think that we that we had. Um, unfortunately, it fell to her and um, you know on the bounce, and she couldn't keep it down. Um, I thought I, I thought a few players were lively. Um, Sarah Malin was decent. Bree, I thought Bree was was really good. Um, tenacious, looked to get forward at every opportunity. Emma Kelly caused a few problems down the left hand side. Um, Georgia Brown was was really good, really composed on the ball. Um, but you know, as you say, it was the final third, and you know, for all the possession we had, and for all the for all the neat interchanges that we we were building up once we got to that final third it just wasn't clicking for us and like you say at half time I think we spoke and said we just want just want Summit to fall for us and if we if we can get one nil ahead then then it changes the game completely um but as you'll as you'll mention now it, it didn't quite happen no it certainly didn't and as you say I thought yeah I agree with you Bree had a really good game I think the absence of um, Lucy Staniforth meant that Brie felt um, she needed to do more, and she she did. She was she filled that gap, that creative gap that we needed between the two, uh, between the attack and the midfield. But 
even even her all the talent that she has she couldn't get anything to fall to her in the in the best place and i just uh, just it just kept getting a bit bit more tougher and we had the possible threat of ebony salmon to come off the bench for bristol and as we'll come on to she proved to be a massive difference for them uh, the second half restarted then, and Yana Daniels struck the bar from long range after the restart. Substitute Claudia Walker then forced a save from Bagley, and Grant then followed that up with a low cross that went past pretty much everyone because no one was there to capitalise on the ball from the Scottish international uh, after she beat the right back quite easily. Uh, Jordan, Adrian Jordan, did the same as well. She beat that right back shortly afterwards. I could see her growing in confidence, Chris, recently. You can see that she's more willing to take on players. It's took her a while, but Jordan looks like she's, if an, if anything else, she's really building that confidence to try and take on players and try and to show what we think she's capable of of and being that wing back and dominating that uh, wide side. Yeah, and I think obviously the way the way Bristol came to, you know, to to set up deep and and to try and frustrate us, you know, we needed that, um, you know, the the width from the fullbacks. We needed to get them forward as much as possible and and give us a different outlet. And I think a couple of times in that second half, um, in the first half as well, to be fair, Jordan and Emma Kelly were linked up quite nicely down that left-hand side. Um, and in the second half, obviously, you, you mentioned the one where where Jordan did the did her marker and and was able to get into the box. But it was that final final ball all the time. Either you know players. Players standing still in the middle, um, movement not quite what we want it to be. Um, it was, you know, and, and Bristol seemed to have a player in the in the right place at the right time at every time, at every every possible opportunity. But um, but yeah, look, Jordan did okay. Um, I think I don't think I could I could say any of them really did anything more than okay um, in in the final third. Which, which is where you win games, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it was more trying to say that since since, since she started coming in, Chris, you can see the gradual improvement over the time. Oh yeah. Got, yeah, and you know that, that's that's playing regularly in the WSL. You know, you'll get you'll get better and better. You'll get more used to to, to the tempo of the game, to the speed of the game. Um, you know, and I think I think certainly she's she, she's growing into that left back slot. Um, Definitely, and you know she's got the she's got the energy. She keeps getting up and down that touchline. So um, yeah, she's she's definitely growing. Unfortunately, after those few sparks of um, possible attacking threat, uh, this is where things start to take a turn for us. Uh, Ebony Salmon came on in about the 65th minute for Bristol City, and then 10 minutes later, a ball over the top, and Ebony Salmon gives chase. She flies onto the ball, holds off Georgia Broham, and fires past Hampton. It was a gut punch, Chris. I, I tweeted probably about five or ten minutes before this. This is a game for the purists because there was nothing really happening before this point. And it's just a hopeful ball over the top. And Ebony Salmon is a speed merchant. She's she's quality at finishing when she's given the chance. And she gets one chance and she takes it. Yeah, it's, it's not the first goal she's scored like that this season. Um, you know, her pace is, is her biggest asset. Um, you know, and... Uh, and once once she's once she's one on one with with Broham and and she's got ahead of her, um, then then she's always going to have the have the ability to to, to get a shot on target. Um, unfortunately for Hannah, she 
yeah, she she gets a tries to get a body in the way, but um, you know, it loops loops over and and into the net. Um, like I say, that was honestly it was the only never saw it coming um, at all. You know, you, you I think Daniel's hit the bar from long range with a wind assisted shot, um, but apart from that, they they really weren't a threat at all. Um, and then one long ball over the top, but that's but that's what happens when it's when it's nil nil for as long as possible. That's what away teams do. Um, you know that that well, when you're down at the bottom, you want to keep it tight for as long as possible and be in the game as long as possible because you never know what could happen. And and that's exactly what Bristol did. Um, the biggest credit I could give them is that their game management was was spot on. That's exactly what they came to do, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. And they only had two shots on target in the whole game, and one obviously is the goal. So it's just it's disappointing that such fine margins have once again done us, but we haven't done enough to win, and that's that's the unfortunate reality we have to face. Um, I remember Ebony Salmon when she was first signed for United when United became an, a thing again, and she was. The, the next she looked like she was going to be the next star she obviously got injured and she fell out of favor with Casey Stoney then she went to Sheffield United on loan and did quite well and she's got the reward to go back to um into the WSL again with Bristol um and she's obviously going to be a talent and, and she's proven that early on she scored that winner against was it winner against United Chris I think I, I was just about to say I think she did get the winner against United so that, of the that... of the nine points they've got this season six of them the the two wins that they've got have been one nil away wins where she scored, so um, she's it, it, proving she's proving her worth massively for her. I think she's just happy to prove people wrong that people were doubted that she's got the talent and she's obviously doing it at the right time for Bristol City to keep them in the league. Uh, another thing to look at this game, Chris, it was obviously we only had four subs on the bench. Where are the youth players? We've got the likes of Lily Simpkin, Freya Gregory, who we've seen in uh, previous games, Bristol. They moaned a lot about injuries in the build-up to this game. You mentioned that, Chris, from Tanya Toby. But they had seven on the bench. Even if she wasn't planning to, on to bringing most of them on, in the, unless the dire circumstances of real bad injuries, w- why can't we fill a bench when we've got talented players in the youthless setup? Yeah, I, I don't know if any of them are still on England duty. Um, I know Lily, Sim- yeah. Lily Simkin was in was in America on England duty. Um, recently I don't, uh, she might still be out there um which which will be a reason for uh you know for for some of them not being selected but um look four four on you can only make three anyway so one keeper and three outfield players you know if that's all you've got we haven't got stands pick chloe where you know obviously chloe arthur is still still must be injured um you know and for all the injuries that the Bristol City have got, you know, w- when we're without Stan and Chloe Arthur, that's a that's a massive massive gap in our midfield. You know, both of them played and played very well in the win at Bristol. So to have neither of those available was was a big blow for us. Yeah, obviously missing those two are a big difference uh, maker in this sort of, sort of game where the the margins are so tight. Um, we we pass across the back a lot again, Chris. The uh, very cautious and the build up slow and maybe lacking that current edge. Do you do you think this is a mistake to play this sort of way when we're not really creating that many chances? Are we are we being too negative in the way we're playing at the moment? I just 
it's a difficult one because I I want to see you know you want to see your team play play as as exciting football as possible and um, you know if there's nothing wrong with with playing out from the back if you can do it and and if the opposition are set up in a way that they'll allow you to do it but they weren't they you know Bristol are sat back in a block you know four five one um not pressing when the center halves have got the ball so there's no benefit to us from playing out from the back because if they're not going to press then there's there's no press to beat do you know what I mean and it's so, you know, it seems like they're very regimented. They're very stuck in their ways. You know, I'm I'm more than happy with Hannah and Georgia and Keris to have the ball. I'm more than happy from Travis because I know that you know that they are good on the ball and they're comfortable on the ball. But there's no benefit. There is when they're not pressing. There's there's no point in keeping the in waiting for waiting for them to come at you because they're not going to. Um, you know, and I just you just feel like sometimes get the ball down into the channel. Um, worse, you know, it, it happened a couple of times in the first half, but I hardly saw it in the second half. Um, you know, get the ball into the channel, and the fullback heads it out for a throw in. But you've got a throw in in the Bristol half. You know, thirty odd yards from goal, and you can build from there then, rather than build from 70, 80 yards out when the opposition aren't moving. They're waiting for you to do something. Um, so there's a time and a place for it. Um, I didn't. I certainly didn't feel Sunday was a time and a place for that at all. It was, you know, it was a game for for blood and thunder. It was a game for for showing Bristol that, you know, this is what we've got to offer and we're we're going to come at you. And never really felt like that at all. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, in terms of shots, Chris, uh, we only had six shots on this game, four on target. Um, and when we played Bristol away from home, we had 16 shots, but only four on target, remarkably, even though we dominated that game a bit better. Do you think uh, it's just the sheer volume of shots? You you can eventually wear down a team as opposed to Sunday where we didn't really put them under any pressure. And Sophie had one of the easiest games she's going to have. Yes, yeah, she did. Yeah, she she made, I mean, foot you the stats say four shots on target. We spoke just before we went. We went recording. I'm stunned that it was four. I can remember she made a good, a half decent save, low down from Bree in the first half. Um, you mentioned the one from Claudia, which was, which is almost like a cross shot at the near post. Um, and I'm not sure where the other two have come from. You know, from memory. So, but yeah, look, six shots. At home in a in a relegation six pointer, you know we we probably had, I'd argue, thinking about the game now we probably had more possession, but ultimately you you've got to score goals to win games, and you know we we, we did not do anywhere near enough to get that goal, um, and that was the most disappointing. Well, there was quite a few disappointing things, but that that was pretty disappointing, yeah. Yeah, we did. We did edge the possession fifty-four to forty-six. Uh, mm. Just, just edged it, and I think it says we made seven fouls, but they were very niggly fouls. They were the referee gave a lot of very light fouls. I would, I would call them stuff that wasn't really that much pressure on the player. They just went down a bit easily. But game ma- management. Ma- yeah, but you, you, you're clearly not. I don't. Uh, it, you, it, should, should the foul count be a bit higher if we were, if we had been more aggressive in the way we played? It, Perhaps. 
Yeah, and this probably shows that. Yeah, probably shows that we weren't. Uh, I don't know. Some players did, to be fair. Um, I, I, I won't go too much into that. I think I think they all did try for that. Um, the substitutions, then, Chris. We'll get, we'll move on to that now. We'll we'll we'll, we'll, fin- we'll finish on we'll finish on Marta's comments, but we'll finish. Uh, we'll start with this. Uh, obviously, we've mentioned Ebony Salmon came on for Robinson in the 65th minute. Robinson was oh, she was the bench, the Bristol bench was right in front of us. She was furious going off for that, and mm. Tanya Roxtoby had to calm her down. But it was obviously a, a genius move from Tanya to bring her on. But then we look at our substitutions. Obviously, Claudia Walker came on for Harriet Scott in the 60th minute, which meant that we had to move players around. Mailing went from an attacking winger position to right back. And then Claudia replaced her up, up in the top three. And uh, Sco- Schofield came on for Brianna Vasali in the 78th minute, which was the second choice because apparently Rachel's number was put up and they decided, no, 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 not you. Bree's going off. That the, 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 that kind of last minute decision making, I don't know if it, they, they were in, always intending to bring Bree off, but it didn't look like something that someone who was a, a calculated um, decision that was. It was more of a rash one, in my opinion. What did you think of both changes, Chris? Got to be very careful here. Very careful. Um, I, I tweeted. I tweeted last night. I've seen an awful lot of football. Far too much football that my heart and head can take over the over my lifetime. I can't think of a set of substitutions that has dampened the tempo and and disheartened the crowd and completely flattened the game as much as those two did. Um, I really didn't feel there was anything wrong with the right-hand side. I thought Sarah was doing a good job. Harriet, you know, I've already mentioned that I didn't think there was an issue at all defensively. So I don't think she had any issues defensively. Um, you know, we, we know she's comfortable on the ball. She was, she was getting getting the ball and feeding it into the middle fairly decent enough for my liking. Um, That was totally bizarre. Obviously, you know, thinking about it, they obviously want to bring Claudia on because she's the, you know, the only of the, um, uh, of the only one on the bench who's an attacking player, but, but, you know, don't just throw them on willy nilly. Um, It didn't make much sense at that time. I didn't think Sarah, deserve to be shoved back to right back and I don't think it I don't think it made any any help whatsoever going forward. The second one is absolutely bewildering. Um not for the fact that you're bringing Connie on. I'm, I've not got an issue with Connie coming on whatsoever. But to bring Bree off um in order to drop Rachel back into a a deeper role to push Connie further forward, which it seemed like that that was the case because, um, you know, Rachel, we, we were then in the last five minutes, we were just chucking it up top and Keris had gone up top and Rachel standing in the centre circle, um, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Um, you know, and Brie had been fantastic and she was the, you know, she was the big threat for me. She was the one who was, who was turning on the ball, who was looking to get forward, who was looking for movement, you know, who was looking for width. Um, and to take her off, like I say, I don't think we touched the ball for six or seven minutes after that substitution. Um, Bristol Bristol kept it in our half and they won 
a couple of corners and a couple of throw-ins. They just sucked the life out of the place. Completely sucked the life out of the place. Um, and it, you know, like I say, just such a such a bewildering set of substitutions that um, you know, effectively, really, it cost us any chance of getting back in the game because all momentum had gone, all tempo had gone, um, all optimism had gone, and. And that's what you can do as as a as a manager, as a coach. You 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 know you make these decisions on the touchline. You live and die by them, I suppose. But um, yeah, that was that was such a bad decision. Um, I I can't see it being an injury. And I, I didn't see an injury from Bree. She didn't look like she was struggling. She didn't look like she was tiring. Um, yeah, awful. Yeah, she she was one of the, she was the best player we had on the pitch at the, at the time, Bree, and it, it was a strange one for certainly Chris. Um, let's look at the attendance then. It was six hundred and fifty nine. I thought that was strangely low for such a big game and the promotion we've been seeing. And a, 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 do you think this is people losing faith in what we're doing at the moment? The fact it's so low for such a massive game. Yeah, I think I think they're losing faith. I think they've I think people have lost interest as the club have lost interest. Um, you know, every every little thing about the club at the moment suggests that they're losing interest in in the, in in what happens to them. Um, the social media is poor. The the match day experience is poor. Um, yeah, and I, and I think it's seeping through to supporters. Um, you know, you had a couple of sister clubs there, so six hundred and thirty odd when you've got parents and children from the sister clubs there is is pretty woeful in truth um so yeah it's it's an indictment of where the club is at at the moment um it's pretty toxic it's it's not fun to be around so you know can you really unless you've bought your season ticket can can you really argue that that people don't want to be coming down if if the club aren't interested in in helping the club out, the, the the women's team out, this, that, and the other. So, um, you know, and and the atmosphere around the place is, as I say, it's pretty toxic at the moment, and it's it's not a nice environment. So, um, whilst it's really disappointing, and you want you want as many people in the ground as possible, um, because it, it does help. You know, I'm sure it does help the the players when there's a when there's a big crowd and and people are vocal. But at the moment, it's you know, it's it's indicative of the way the club is. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. It's 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 a, it's a shame. We will special mention to the girls from Shifnal Town Academy. They, they were they were sat uh, a couple of rows ahead of me. Mm. They were they were so loud. They were they were coming up with their own Birmingham chants. Let's go Birmingham, Birmingham. Let's go. Uh, they they were out singing the Bir- the uh, Bristol City Sports Club, who were like about maybe two blocks down to the left of where I was in the in the main stand. And it was it was nice to see that uh, like chat challenging them. They've had enough of the, hearing Bristol singing their songs constantly, and mm. it, it it gives me hope that there's future generations who might be able to see a better period of blues. Maybe we, we've we had a great period when we in in recent years ourselves, but it gives me hope that hopefully fans will grow if if these sorts of people can can come, despite the the poor numbers as we said that from this weekend. Uh, I will get up Marta's comments now from the game. Let's see what she had to say. 
It was really disappointing. During the first half, we had control and many opportunities to score. We played quite well, but we could not keep it going in the second half. We had done a very good high press in the first half and then went a little deeper. When they made the substitution and brought the player on, Ebony, she was really fast and we went deeper again. I think we were caught very high when they scored, to be fair. But uh, mm-hmm. that's what it says. Um, after they scored, we did not want, did not know. We almost did not play anymore. The match stopped all the time. Very clearly, it is goals that were missing and people who are able to score goals. I think that, that that's that's staying the obvious. Um, what what do you think of what she had to say, Chris? Obviously, it's it is disappointing, but it it's becoming a bit of a trend. Really, it's a bit a bit of a pattern. The things that are happening. Yeah, and you know you you're bemoaning a bemoaning a lack of goal scorer, bemoaning lack of chances taken um, when you know and, and after after the goal. What did she say after the goal? We we we. It's like we didn't play. Uh, well, uh, after the after they scored, we almost did not play anymore. Yeah, the match well, stopped all the time. Well, guess what happened after they scored? You made that horrendous sub. You know, you you completely took the tempo and the and and everything that we were every every everything that we looked decent at. You took away by, by that substitution. You did it with the first substitution to a lesser degree, and then obviously after the goal. You know the the players' heads are down after the goal, and then you make that substitution. Um, you've bought it on yourself. You 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 know the the things that you're bemoaning, you bought on yourself. Unfortunately, um, Rachel is our out and out goal scorer, and she drops deep for the last fifteen minutes. We're chucking we're chucking the ball forward in the last five minutes, and she stood in the center. Your your best goal scorer is stood in the center circle. Um, yeah, there's there's so much wrong with what she says. Um, yeah, and as you as yeah. you bought as you as you pointed out, you know, complaining we we got we dropped deeper and deeper when Ebony Salmon come on, but she broke from the halfway line when they scored. So um, I don't I don't see that at all. No, and I think it's not doing anything for Rachel's confidence. The fact that she's constantly not being able to. She's uh she's not creating she's not being able to create enough chances. She's having to drop back, she's having to do other things, which she's capable of doing for sure. But the more you're asking her to do, the less she's gonna be able to be in that position where she can score. And the the, the more games that we go on without scoring, she's obviously not gonna be in a positive mindset if she keeps not being able to help the team in the best way possible. Yeah, um, and playing up front is a confidence thing. You know, look you look at Abby Grant when she got that first goal. Um, she went and got three or four in in a very short space of time. Um, it's 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 about confidence, and you want you want those players in the right place at the right time. You know, Rachel was in the right place at the right time in the first half. Unfortunately, it put a shot over the bar. But where where was she after that? You know, and I'm sure Rachel would. You know, in in an ideal world, Rachel probably would like to play a bit deeper and get more involved in the game. But we are not in an in, we are not in uh, an ideal world here. This is not an uh, this is not the perfect moment to start. You know, allowing players to play where they want. You've you've got to do what's best for the team, and Rachel has to lead that line. Has to uh, every uh, every possible opportunity. You know, as a battering ram, as a bully, as as someone to play off. She needs to be that focal point every single time, and to drop her deeper for the last fifteen minutes is is absolutely criminal. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, we'll move on now to a tweet from our captain that came out shortly after the game. It was published uh, about eight o'clock last night. Keris Harrop said, isn't it crazy how one person's uneducated, ludicrous decision can have such drastic consequences? Thinking emo- thinking cloud emoji, I think it is. Thinking bubble. Mm. Um, we, we briefly talked about this off air, Chris. It's obviously, there's going to be a lot of speculation about what this is. They could be merely thinking, was it something Marta did in this game? And we've talked about things that she's done, which we don't particularly agree with. But we get the impression that this runs deeper. The decision when Marta was appointed, there was speculation about the way she was appointed. There looked like someone else would be an appointed manager. And then suddenly she was appointed out of nowhere. Someone who had no WSO experience, someone who hadn't managed a top tier division in her career. She had a lot of experience at international level and at youth level, but she hadn't been on the main stage at this sort of level. And coming in at a time when a lot of contracts were out of out of uh, going to be out of uh, out of contract, of course, at the end of the season, it was a really critical time to get the right person in. And it turns out that maybe the person on the board who appointed her, maybe they've made a bad decision. That's it's it's been the butterfly effect. A little butterfly flaps its wing on one side of the world, and suddenly the other side of the world it's gone to crap. And it, it, it just sums up, if, if Keris is feeling this way, there's got to be a lot of players who feel bad about how it's turned out. Yeah. Um, I think I think it's probably, it's it's right to suggest we don't know what Keris means. Um, you know, we, we should make that very clear. We It could be anything. Um, it could be a personal matter that she's tweeting about. We don't know. Um, but straight after the game, where... You know, she it's pretty evident that she wasn't happy after the game. Um, one can only surmise that it that it is that it is football related. Um, and if you are going to surmise that it's football related, then your your first immediate thought is when, when she mentions one person's uneducated, ludicrous decision is is the appointment of of Marta last January. Um, yeah, that is that is the automatic assumption that that blues fans will make um and i'm sure when she put that tweet out she knew exactly what blues fans would would think about it um i'm a little bit torn um because i you know 100 percent agree with keris um is it's from, from that moment on blues have become a side who are challenging Man City and Chelsea and Arsenal for for league titles and cups. And in the space of fourteen months, we're we're losing at home to Bristol, and find ourselves with a with a virtual relegation playoff against Liverpool. Um, and that that's that's what can happen when 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 you make one bad decision. That's how important the manager is. That's how important the head coach is. Um, you know, you mentioned the players that left in the summer. Obviously. It was it was all it was all manager related. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm torn because as much as I agree with her, there are still games to play this season, um, and she's the club captain, and and we've got to we've got to still believe, and those players have got to still believe that they can get themselves out of this. Um, if if they're if they're considering leaving in the summer, then then so be it. But 
leave us leave us as a WSL club. Um, you know, dig in, get get points on the board, and keep the club in the division for for the fans, for yourself. Don't you? Don't you obviously, you know, the players will have enough personal pride and respect that they they won't want to leave with a relegation on their CV. Um, and that's what they've got to do now for the remaining games. They've they've got to dig in and they've got to fight hard because, you know, whatever whatever he said in the dressing room, whatever he said by the manager, those those players have got to they've got to fight for the shirt and fight for the club and the supporters because, um, you know, we we're going through it exactly the same as they are, aren't we? So, um, yeah. Let's let's dig in and and keep the club in the division and and what will be will be. Yeah, absolutely. It's time to we we got to we got to keep going to the end. It's it's in it's in the it's in the catchphrase the Birmingham catchphrase. Keep right yeah. on. We we got we got to do it. And let's look at it then, Chris. What's next? We said it was a big period for Marta and the team, but we've had two key matches postponed and had we've lost the other. Um, it's three weeks till our next game, FA Cup game against either Brighton or Crystal Palace, who I think play this week. Um, it's 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 a it's a tough time now because the club have time to make a decision. They ha- but they if they're going to make a decision, they should make it this week, because if you leave it too long, that the preparation for the next game is going to be coming up too too fast for them to make a d- decision that's more beneficial for the future. As you as you mentioned, contracts, Chris, is it time to make a change in manager um to avoid what happened last uh, last summer? Uh, at last, at, at least six first teamers are out of contract in the this coming summer. I'm not going to mention who they are because it's not fair. But there there could be six first teamers leaving this summer, Chris, if things are the worst worst case scenario. We lost ten last year. It, it's 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 not ideal again, and they're leaving the contract. I don't know if they're working on contracts now. We can't. We we we're not privy to that sort of information. But Chris, if you're the person in control at the moment, do you do you get rid of the manager, or is it time to? give her more time or, or has she had enough time now no it's it's over it's it's over Craig you're, when you're when you're club captain and again oh it's really difficult because I'm I'm making the assumption that Keris's tweet was about that um if your club cap if, if that is what it means if your club captain is saying that then then there's there's no coming back and you, you don't have to be a rocket scientist you know if any supporter that is at that club, any supporter that is at that ground and has been at that ground regularly, um, home and away for the last 14 months, they know it's it's not difficult. There is the the place is toxic. Um, the working relationships are not there at all. Um, I don't think the respect is there at all. She, so and. And you can only defend her for for so long, you know. For for, for a long time, it was I, you know I was of the I was of the belief that certain players who have now left, you know, didn't give her a chance, didn't give her time, and were disrespectful in that sense. But I've you know we've we've now seen enough of her um, to make a, to make a decision. Fourteen months is. You know, yes, she's new. Yes, she was new to the league. Yes, she was brought in without her own staff, etc., etc. But fourteen months is a hell of a long time, and and nothing has improved. If anything, uh, her decisions are getting worse. Um, 
so yeah, it has it has to be time to to bite the bullet. Um, as you say, three weeks until Brighton now. Um, you could do it this week. You've got a week and a bit. You know, we don't lose anything. <laughs> that's that's my. I think that's the that's the biggest point now. We don't lose anything for, from Sakina. Um, even if we go into the even if we go into the cup game against Brighton or Palace with a with a head coach or a manager that's been there for three days, I I don't see how how that's any worse than what we've got now. So um, yeah, for me that for me her P forty five would have been on the desk this morning. Um, so yeah. Will it will it happen? I don't know. I, I I honestly, personally, I don't think it will because I'm not. I'm my biggest concern is that the 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 people who are running the running the ship don't care enough. So, um, and that that's I think that's the biggest problem you've got. It it is tough because I think this would make. I don't know if anyone got sacked as Birmingham manager before the WSL era, but. We're not a sort of team that has sacked people in recent years. You've obviously had the longevity of David Parker and Marcus Bignot. Then you had Mark Skinner, who had a good run as well. And I, I don't like seeing people out of a job, but it, it, it is getting to that point where we, we're not seeing anything changing. We're just seeing the same things happening a week in, week out. And even, even I'm starting to think it might be time to change. And it, it's tough because you, 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 can't, you don't want to see your team make history and go out of the league and it might be time for change and this goes into uh question of the week which comes in and it was if marta was to leave or was sacked who do you get in that is actually a realistic appointment uh while you have a few moments to think about it chris i'll put a few names that i've seen people touting uh, on social media Marcus Bignot, of course, he knows the club. He's obviously currently in a job, I think. He's he's a co-manager in one of the lower leagues in the men's game at the moment. I'll look up where he is at the moment while Chris is having a think again. Marcus is obviously well-known with the players. He's worked. He was um, to, uh, uh, the inspiration to put Rachel Williams up front as a striker during his time as manager. He is currently coaching Geisley. He's joint manager at Geisley, who are in the... National League North. They're currently near the... Uh, oh, no, that was last season. They were near the bottom. Uh, I don't know where they are at the moment. That's bad prep by me. But, yeah, Marcus is obviously an option. You've got manager like Andy Spence. I think he's still out of a job. The one who was formerly Everton manager. WSL experience as well. Uh, you've also got people... David Parker. But, again, he's been out of the game for a very long time now after after leaving the club. You've got uh, Lewis Sow. Uh, who's at West Brom at the moment. He formerly of the uh, youth development. He's well-respected and he's doing a great job at West Brom, even though they're in the third tier at the moment. Um, there's Jay Bradford. She's still um, only working on a, a license with Coventry United. She's recently took charge of them again after their manager left recently in the championship. Uh, who, what about you, Chris? We're giving you a bit of time to think about it. I've been stalling a bit with a few <laughs> names I know, but uh, who 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 do you see as a realistic appointment if we do get rid of Marta at this type of stage of the season? I think that, that there's, if you were to get rid, I think there's two routes you go down, isn't there? There's there's someone who the players will know and respect, or there's someone who comes in brand new and he's a complete jolt to the system. Um, obviously, that was the case with Marta. Um, and that didn't work. I think, you know, you look at somebody like, um, 
Rachel Yankee, perhaps, who um, was had a stint with London Bees, if I'm right. I think that's in, right. Yeah. In, in thinking um, whether someone like that will come in and, you know, you think about it, you've got a relatively young squad. Would would if someone like Yankee came in, who has obviously had a, you know, has a past with with Blues women as well, um, could that give the players a lift? You know, or if you were going to go someone someone that the players know, as you mentioned, you know, someone like Louis So, who who has who has coached a few of them at underage level at the, at the academy level and and the RTC. Um, you know, and has done his work with with Blues in the past. Um, ultimately, though, I think again, you're really struggling to find somebody to come in who would do a worse job than what we've got at the moment. Because even as a coach, he, you know, whatever whatever experience Marta has built up as a coach over the years, um, whatever she knows about the game, you know, she she could be the best tactician I mean she isn't but she could be the best tactician that that anybody's ever seen but when you've lost that respect with the players when the players don't respect you anymore and and when when that that bond is is broken which honestly you know it's it's pretty clear to to a hell of a lot of people who go down regularly that 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 it is broken and people cannot see a way in which it gets back, then then there's no point carrying on. There really isn't. There is there's nothing to carry on for because if you don't trust that your gaffer and um you know the the manager doesn't trust certain players, then then what what hope have we got? Um, it's a, it's a it's a completely impossible working situation. Um, and and that, and that's why for me it has to change and it has to change sooner rather than later. Yeah, and I think you've you've nailed it there. You, she's got experience, but sometimes it just doesn't work out, and that that's okay because not everyone's suited for every club. And it just turns out that Marta maybe wasn't the best pick for us. You're talking about Rachel Yankee, Chris, and while I was thinking of that, I, I another name who I think would inspire the team at least until the end of the season. Kelly Smith. Yeah, I was I, I was considering saying Kelly as is well. That, is, that, is, that, is that is that that would be bold given well, given would. Like, yeah. It, what what and here's the other problem we we've just named Rachel Yankee and Kelly Smith. Yeah, we we're talking about the the, the That's a, it's a risk. It's definitely a risk as well. Well, it's a risk, but is is keeping keeping Marta is the biggest risk going at the moment because because the results aren't showing and the performances aren't there, and like I said, you know, the, and for all of that, the biggest concern is that trust between player and manager, is that connection between player and manager, and it just isn't there. So whatever risks in, are entailed with getting another manager in, they it can't be any more, it can't be any riskier than than keeping Marta, you know, and and you like you said, we mentioned Rachel Yankee and Kelly Smith. Do the Blues owners know anything about Rachel Yankee and Kelly Smith? And you know, is there is there anybody left at Birmingham City Women Football Club who the owners can actually speak to with with any football sense, with any football knowledge whatsoever, women's football knowledge, that they can go to the owners and say, "This person, this person, this person. These are my recommendations." 
I, th- I think the more and more we're saying those names, Chris, the more I think it would be a good fit. Just, just for the fact that both Rachel Yankee and Kelly Smith were at Arsenal during the time when Birmingham were at their peak, challenging yeah. Arsenal week in week yeah, out. Yeah. If they know how good Birmingham can be, those are the those two people will know how good. Yeah, and Yankees Yankees played for Blues. Yeah, you know, of course. Y- y- of course. Yankee mm-hmm. Yankee knows exactly what it is yeah. to to what it means to play for Blues and wear the shirt. Um, you know and. The, I'm sure it was a risk for for Man United to take Casey Stoney on, but she's shown what what she's capable of. Um, you know, as a newbie to management, if you like. So, I I don't think there's I don't think there's a great deal of risk bringing someone like that in at all. Um, even if it's till the end of the season, um, just just to give us a that boost and that lift that we need. Um, because, but as I say, for me. Something doesn't. Something needs to change because there's there's so much wrong at the moment that it, it cannot change. It cannot stay the same. It cannot stay the same. I think that's the best place to end this week's episode. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back in probably about three or four weeks when the just to preview the next game. I think it'll be the FA Cup game when we come back for. Um, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this week's show, even it's been a bit of a morbid tone to the show, but if you've enjoyed this week's show, you're probably a Villa fan. Should have ended it sooner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all for this week. Thank you. Uh, don't forget to share this show with your friends, and we'll see you next time. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Sense 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on!